0: Well, we have really two great guests for you today. Um, later in the show, we're going to be bringing on Ron Pope, who's just a phenomenal singer-songwriter, internationally known. It's going to be very exciting. We're going to be playing Ron's music throughout the show today. A few weeks ago, about a month ago, I had best-selling author Deborah Anastasia on. We had such a good time. That I brought her back. We just didn't have enough time in that allotted hour to to really even scratch the surface of everything. She's the Ron Pope, so it all ties in perfectly today. I'm thrilled to have Deborah back on, and I'm just going to bring her right on, and we're just going to light her up and let her go. Thanks, Deborah, for coming back on.
1: Thanks for having me, Lori. This is so fun. I love that you're going to light me up. I can't wait. (laughs)
0: What will that look like? So you've had the past week or so. Your new book, um, Return to Poughkeepsie, is um, out, and you've been getting excellent reviews. And you've had a lot of, um, I saw something on Yahoo about it. You're getting a lot of people connecting with you on Twitter and Facebook and through social media. And I just see your name everywhere.
1: Yay. Uh, well, that's because my publicist in Bashi is amazing. She's so hilarious, and, and she just she just hustles. She's very cool. And so does OmniFix. But, yes, uh, my book is everywhere, and it's the kind of thing that sort of makes you really happy and then makes you want to curl up in a ball and just puke a little because <laughs> you're nervous <laughs> how it will be received. But so far, the reviews have um, been the kind that I would print out and mail to my mom. So um, it's sort of like to put it on the refrigerator and have it there. So it's been really, um, really good, keeping my fingers crossed that everybody that stumbles across it
0: has the same experience and everybody's having a good time with it. Well, you've, you had a very loyal following and just to remind everyone who might not have heard that uh, last interview, you, you came out of the fan fiction realm. Um, You you kind of sharpened your writing skills, so to speak there. And then you had a huge following and then you went into actual publishing. And then this is, is uh, one of many books that that you have going on and in the works. Particular.
1: Story that started as fan fiction, um, I was accepted with open arms, and I kind of write differently. I don't write your normal story, and um, the fan fiction writer, readers are so open-minded, and I call them daredevils because they will read everything. They're just they just absorb it, and if it's to their liking, they will support you, and I was so fortunate enough to, you know, start there, because they really, uh, it's not just readers, they're friends, like, I feel like if they read what I have to offer, they know exactly what's in my head, and my reader and me can sit down at a coffee shop and be just friends and have a great time, because they're they're just amazing. I am very, very fortunate to have the readers I do, and (coughs) they have supported poughkeepsie which is not the normal story um Mm -hmm. in any way shape or form and then now with the sequel which i was nervous because it sort of reached a proportion where i felt like i don't know if i want to touch it you know and so then to come out with the sequel i was reluctant at first and then i started writing it with having a ball writing it and the character who happens to be a mobster with a good heart um He really commands the attention in the book, and he was a lot of fun to write. So I'm super glad I did it, and it seems to have continued this series for the readers successfully so far.
0: Well, something new that you've also done is you've kind of put an image with your lead character, too. And when you're doing that and thinking that through and choosing a model for Beckett, are are you getting reader feedback? Are you going out on what you you think that he's going to, that, that he looks like in your mind? Are you worried at all that he's not going to match up with, with the same image that your readers have? How has that kind of transition worked?
1: Um, well, basically what happened is with Poughkeepsie, Omnithick offered me the opportunity to do an enhanced e-book. And we all came to the conclusion that if it wasn't, absolutely blockbuster amazing. We would not put it out. Um, <clears throat> and then it had to be videos, music, pictures, things that had never been done. We actually got a developer who said, well, the software doesn't exist yet, but we're going to make it. So he utilized software that was existing, and then some came into being. So this particular product that's coming out, I wanted everything I could dream of. And one of the things I drew had in my head was it would be really neat to write a scene and have an actor act it out for me um, for the readers to see inside of the app and um, I have a sweet friend named Julie who reached out to um, a model, underwear model friend of hers John Quimlin and he was totally on board with acting out the scene and so I wrote the scene. He acted it out. He did a phenomenal job, such a good job. And then I reached out to Tiffany Hartfield, who is a beautiful ballerina from New York, and she acted out a scene. And then they, um, Marissa Cord and her choreographer did a choreography scene to whatever on Pope's songs. It's all circular, and they danced it out. And she danced as Kyle, my character in the book, and. They so see that scene, um, how to knit, recipes, like anything we could think of. There's 47,000 extra words. So it's almost a whole other book in Poughkeepsie. Um, so that's kind of where that came from. John Quinlan, I saw a picture of him in a suit, and I said, ooh, he could do Beckett. He's got the aura going right now. And he put in a performance that was on point. So um, it helps that he's extremely friendly on social media, to anyone that reaches out to him, he's a very nice person. So that's, I think, fun for anybody that reaches out to him. He usually gets you back right away. And Tiffany is just amazing and gorgeous and generous. And so is Ron Pope, whose songs I think is 14 of his songs are in the Enhanced E-book. I'm addicted to his music, um, and I think everybody kind of should be. It's just timeless, gorgeous, put it on in the background and just love it. Um, so while you read this book, his music plays um, so it's just, that's I guess I'm sort of presenting to the reader everything that's in my heart and head for this book, it's my dream come true for Poughkeepsie um, so I hope that they at least enjoy it and um, think everybody has their own image of who plays what character so I want to support their imagination too, I don't want to feel them to feel locked in
0: Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about Ron Pope, because he had a big kind of personal influence on you. You brought him in. We're going to have him on the show today. Um, And you write to his music. Like you were saying, you've incorporated his music. Did you reach out to him and let him know, hey, I'm, I'm doing these books? And what did all that look like?
1: Well, again, I started from fan fiction, crawling into this publishing world, it's sort of uncharted territory, and Omnific allowed me to create my own trailer because I'm kind of anal um, retentive about that kind of stuff, and they were willing to let me try. So I created my trailer for *Crush Seraphim, which was my first book. This was back in 2010. And since 2009, when I wrote Poughkeepsie, I've been listening to Ron Pope. A reader hooked me up with his song, You're the Reason*. I come home and it was so amazing for the song for the story and then I just started clicking clicking, which is what happens. You hear one of his songs, you click all of his songs and you listen and you buy his albums and put it on your playlist. And um he set the tone for my story any time I needed to think Picitzy thoughts. Boom, he went on. Um his songs vary, you know, you'll get more hard rocking songs, more singer-songwriter songs, so it kept a, m- a movement for me. It kept it fluid. So I, he was a big part of me writing Poughkeepsie, so I'm like, well, okay, my dream come true would be having one of his songs on my trailer. Reached out to him, and I'm like, well, this is not going to go anywhere, but, you know, I'm never afraid of hearing no. And um so I did, and he came back immediately. No problem. Absolutely. I totally support artists following their hearts, became a thing. Every trailer I came out with I had Ron's voice on it. So it kind of became um, a good luck charm. So when we did the enhanced book, um, Dr. Harper, who runs on music, and I both are huge, Ron Pope fans. So I was like, can we get Ron? So we worked really hard uh, to make all that match up. He and um, his management team were so generous and lovely. As you'll see when you talk to him, he's just the nicest guy. And uh, super talented. So it worked out that way. And for me, I have that. I have Ron. I have Rustic Overtones. Um, Jeff Epstein and the Sitterline Singers did some acapella stuff for me in the book. And Bo Hart did some acapella stuff for me. And Monoxide G did a beautiful rendition of Hero, Hero in Me by Jeffrey Gaines. So I've got so much going on in this. Ebook, book which I was hoping would be out as we talked today but as I checked it's still processing in Apple's too. Um, and with those apps you just don't know when they're going to pop out of the maker there. Uh, this is our first one so I'm watching it carefully. But hopefully right. within a week, a day, a minute, I have no idea when it's going to Well if,
0: if people follow you on Twitter or they follow you at your website, DeborahAnastasia.com, you, they'll be able to know the second, and you can Probably you yeah. have that Google alert. I will alert post it all over I, my Facebook. And <laughs> <They probably laughs> have Google Facebook alert. They'll, they'll, they'll. Google alert. Like,
1: my Google alert does not work nearly as good, and I'm not trying to make Google angry, but I'm like, really? I did my my book tour, and I think we had 147 blog stops, and I got an alert for two hits. I was like, really, Google? <laughs> Come on, you um, work with me. Uh, so yeah, but definitely following my Twitter or my Facebook will tell you. But I'm, um, I'm like a 13 year old boy with my humor, so please be prepared for that. <laughs> it's like well, but warn people away from me.
0: <laughs> you know, Ron Polk himself, he you know, he's been a beneficiary of social media. A lot of fans took his music and made YouTube videos. I mean, he has YouTube videos in the millions. Um, put. Um, together with, with his songs. So it's not a surprise to me that he would be very um, uh, easy to approach in the social media world with another artist, with, with him to knowing to what, what that could do.
1: This And he has since. I mean, he keeps getting more and more followers on Twitter. He keeps getting bigger and bigger. I think last time I checked, he's verified on Twitter. Um and I, I couldn't see success happen to a nicer person. I really, really would love to hear his music coming out of everybody's radio. Everybody could easily find a, a way to work his album into their playlists on there every day. He's just fantastic, which, I mean, I sound like a dog with a bone, but when I find something I love, I want to share it with everyone. You know, it's like, no, no, you have to try this. Um, so he's definitely one of those artists that, for me, um, I wish the you know he was coming off of every radio station that I walked past.
0: Well, he has a lot of layers to him. Um, he's just not very one-dimensional. He's kind of jazzy, and then he's rock, and then like you said, he's kind of got that mm-hmm. indie singer-songwriter thing going on. And yes. he's a wicked guitar player. I mean, he's just as good a musician as he is a, a singer. And as other musicians. Look to him. I, I was given some great advice by musicians a long time ago, and it was um, there was so much music out there. It was kind of hard to choose sometimes when you're just kind of looking on your own. And a musician told me, "Follow the other musicians. See who they're listening. Ooh. See what concerts yeah. they're going to. See who they're excited about." And I will tell you, when I did that, it never ever. Came up wrong, no. every single one oh
1: with a Oh my gosh, well that's it, you know, they have the ear for it, they, they're they mm-hmm. going to promote what they love too, you know they're going to tell you and um, you know, like you mentioned Ron hope has been I don't know, I think according to the YouTube hits, he's been seen by everybody in the entire world uh, right. but <laughs> he, he's not and I know his, his big signature song is "Dropped in the Ocean and it is probably my second favorite song of his and it's incredible um you're the reason i came home may be my first i don't know this new album is so chock full of amazing songs explain is just blowing my mind and i think my neighbors know the lyrics by heart now because i keep hitting replay <laughs> and i'm like here again <laughs> um but it's really um uh, it's just me. you'll never know what you're going to hear i was listening to one song um wait oh empty page. it starts out with more of a driving rock and it ends with i believe a a choral symphony thing going on it's just how he does it i don't know it's seamless it's very cool um so yeah it's fun i love music so this is a very cool day that we sit and talk
0: about favorites Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to actually play so a little bit of and Pope music, get everybody in the mood. I'm going to come back. I have quite a few questions that have come in for you from your fans. I'm going to give you a chance to answer some of those. And then uh, we'll take another break after that, place more Ron Pope music and bring Ron on. But first, um, we're going to, I'm going to let you choose what song we're going to play after the commercial. I'm going to let you choose between, okay. let me see, what did I download here? Um, lick My Wounds or Drop in the Ocean? Which one do you want me to play first?
1: I think we should play Drop in the Ocean because that's an older tune and then we can listen to the new ones.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, stay with us. We're going to be back with Deborah Anastasia. We're going to be back with Ron Pope, and we're going to talk music, play music, and we will be right back. Hi, friends. We have a brand-new sponsor, Audible.com. You can go to Audible.com slash Northwest Prime and sign up for a free download and choose from thousands and thousands of best-selling and new-release books. You can also exchange a book anytime, no questions asked. We all lead busy lives, but we can download this free audible.com app to our Android, our iPhone, iPad, Windows, Kindle Fire, you name it. It's easy to take with you on the go, whether you're working out, in the car, cooking at home, on the way to visit a friend, however you want, you can stay up to date with the greatest books in the world through this wonderful library. I recently chose Crusher by Niall Leonard. This mystery crime drama was filled with action. It was like I was watching a movie. The narrator spoke in an English accent, and I just felt like I was right there in London town. If you choose to stay with Audible, it's only $14.95 a month, and you can cancel at any time. At least check it out. It's free. See if it's for you. Tell them Northwest Prime sent you. That's audible.com slash Northwest Prime and get to reading when it works for you.
2: A drop in the ocean, a change in the weather. I was praying that you and me might end up together. It's like a wishing for rain as I stand in the desert. But I'm holding you closer than most Cause you are my heaven I don't want to waste the weekend If you don't love me, pretend Two more hours, then it's time to go As my train rolls down in the East Coast I wonder how you keep on. Still me to cry, It's broken to move on. And still I can't let you be. Most nights I hardly sleep. Don't take what you don't need from me. you said you're. To this place trust, old friend Never counting the regrets By the grace of God, I do not rest at all
0: By Ron Pope. We're going to be talking about him and talking to him in just a few minutes. But first, we have quite a few questions that came in for Deborah from her loyal readers that they, they wanted to make sure that I asked her. So I'm going to throw some questions at her. And the first one is an easy one. I'm going to give you an easy one right out of the gate. Um, I have a reader wanting to know, return to Poughkeepsie on iTunes soon? Was that
1: on iTunes? Um. I've been checking. Uh, I have to actually ask OmniFix when that goes live. I know they go live a little later than Amazon, uh, but I'll put that on my Twitter and my Facebook. I apologize for the delay. Hang tight, iTunes
0: readers. It's coming soon. Problem. Okay. So you, uh, stay with her on Twitter for that. What about an audiobook version? We did an audiobook
1: for Poughkeepsie. Um, and it was amazing. I loved Marty Dumas. She did an amazing job, and as far as I know, there's no plans going into it yet, um, but we just dropped it. So we need to let the book live outside for a little while before we see if it will be an audiobook. book, um, and that's really Omnifig Publishing's decision. It was tons of fun to do, so you know, I'm
0: hoping that maybe they'll do it
1: again if it works for them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what about Cole's story? How is that coming along? Is It's a two-part question. They want to know how Cole's story is coming along and if you have an image for him.
1: Um, I'm going to not answer the image part because the only image I have right now is going to be hopefully the cover to the third book. And the title for the third book will be Saving Poughkeepsie. And I'm currently writing it. I actually wrote a little today. I'll write more tonight after this radio interview. Um, it's a crazy story. And hopefully we'll find out a little more about Cole. I know that people um, got a little closer to him and returned to Poughkeepsie. So that's coming, hopefully, before the end
0: of the year. Okay. Well, that's that's exciting. Um, before the end of the year, you have your work cut out for you. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then your book teaser videos—I uh, guess they have a reputation unto themselves. Everybody loves them. I want to know—are there more coming out? And and who does your book teaser videos? Um, the book trailer
1: teaser things um, is a combination of me and my um, amazing author friend Carol Oates. Um, she puts together these beautiful, she takes my, basically my draft, and she polishes it up and does these amazing video things that she's so talented. I'm lucky she likes me, Um, and she's very generous with her time and her talent, and I actually also had Jen DeLucy, who's also another, they're both omnific authors, so we're kind of like a little, little group, like a family, and um, she put some vocals in for me for one of the return to poughkeepsie trailers and i just we have a ball making them um and my friend carlos is in ireland so she stays up all night to work with these trailers with me over here in the united states it's really fantastic yeah and i don't know when the next one will be out first i have to finish writing this book i guess (laughs)
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to, have to look those up because we've had a, a couple people comment on those, so I'm going to need to make sure that I go and 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 look at those because evidently they're quite my, professionally
1: um, done. the Deborah Anastasia page, that last post I just put up is almost all in my trailers.
0: Okay. Oh, great! So it's all in, conveniently in one place. We don't have to go. One place for you. Run
1: yeah.
0: run them all down. Great. And then um, evidently you have a street team. What's that all about?
1: Oh, my gosh, my street team is so awesome. Um, I don't know. It just occurred to me, and it turns out other authors do it too. I thought it was the first one. I have a street team of readers that are willing to just go with me um, on, you know, anything we have to promote. Sometimes I'll run, you know, something by them, take a look at this video. Does this make sense? Do you like this? Um, So they're sort of just a focus group for me that work with me on this. And anyone can join that's interested in reading. And just last week, we did the first ever Twitter flash mob. And we mobbed Twitter and Facebook for a series of 12 tweets. And everybody changed their AVs to say Street Team Enforcer. It was so much fun. And it was quick. It was like over in 10 minutes. It was really crazy. So we had a lot of fun doing that. And I think we'll do another Twitter flash mob when the Enhanced ebook comes out because I think there has to be one involved next time. It was so fun.
0: <laughs> it does sound fun. It, you know oh, what, it um, at, mention me in on that and, and I'll go in on that when, when that time oh, comes. You know, I, I'll, I'll we'll help fun. you.
1: Yes, sounds okay. We'll do it, Lori. It'll be awesome.
0: <laughs> I miss so many things, you know, because the timeline moves so quickly and it's hard to get everything. So I, I kind of just get whatever's happened in the last, few minutes um most yep. of the time and then people say oh you know you didn't did you see this or did you see that or could you retweet that and you know and i have to go back and look and i'm i'm just so bad at not following that the timeline twitter. Yep. it it just moves so rapidly
1: twitter moves fast it does
0: for sure yeah <laughs> so um we have a question about a traveling cardboard piano of blake and I want you to okay. tell me about that, and then they want to know if there's any interesting stories that you have with that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well,
1: the cardboard piano, if you hearken back to Poughkeepsie, my main character, Blake, who happens to not have a home at the moment, um, he aged out of the foster system, and the only thing, his only possession is a curled up piece of cardboard that he's sketched out a keyboard on because he loves to play the piano and he keeps it curled up in his pocket, and sometimes he'll go to the train station and play the cardboard piano along with the percussion that the train gives him. Um, And that's where sort of the entire series starts. My character, Olivia, meets him and smiles at him every day, and she doesn't know that he counts her smiles. So every time she sees him, he's counting. Um, So that cardboard piano, when we made the, video trailer i ripped off a piece of cardboard off a box and i said to my husband make this and draw it manly make it a man so we had a cardboard piano and um i don't know where it came from an idea that is now it got too big for me my friend um and patty and alicia they all they all have the actual Poughkeepsie tattoos on their body. They're so amazing. And they are organizing my cardboard piano. So they're all over the world now. And there's actually a website, and you can see the map of where they've been. And um, we mail the piano to people, and they sign it, and they take take it around town, you know, and just take pictures of it with different things that is that are important to them. So that's really, really cool. And hopefully, I think when Ron is in... Ireland, I have a reader who's gonna bring the piano to him to see if we can get him to sign it. So that would be fun. Um and I just think that's the neatest part of my you know, getting to write it all is that we can kind of be worldwide friends with many, many different people. It's so unique. So I think that's my Mm -hmm. only story other than when I was trying to take the pictures in the Poughkeepsie train station, I'm running around with this cardboard piano and I'm climbing where you're not supposed to be. And it was like 400 degrees, and must like, take the picture, take the picture. It was, it was an interesting photo shoot for a boy's
0: shadow. <laughs> I have a cardboard train station story that I I, I might tell at the at the end of the show, but we're going to go off and and bring Ron on, and we'll bring him on and talk to him. But I I, I do want to comment: getting a tattoo of the book on your body—that is really committing to the cause. I definitely have to say that. So if you're willing, we are up to like fourteen
1: tattoos. Fourteen girls have the tattoo uh, on their body.
0: How amazing is is that? It doesn't get any more commitment than that. That is absolutely for sure. Well, it happens right, to be we're going like to... a
1: really nice tattoo. So <laughs> at least it's cool, right? <laughs>
0: it's, it's not a book tattoo, but, but but it is a is a tattoo. And let me tell you, no, it was a girls' weekend in Vegas, and we all got drunk. We're all like, yeah, let's get a tattoo, and I just picked you know whatever off the board. So I mean, there was absolutely no thought to it whatsoever. But um, but anyway, that's a that's. That's for another day. But anyway, we're gonna play "Lick My Wounds." Yeah, I think I need to hear
1: more about that story later.
0: You know, I should be banned from Vegas. I mean, it's just that's again. uh, "Lick My Wounds" by Ron Pope. We're gonna get Ron on the line, and uh, we will be right back in just a moment. This is "Lick My Wounds," Ron Pope. We'll be right back with Ron.
2: like a freshman She don't ever stay out this late And when I look at her I can feel my pulse
0: to head on on the European tour, and we're really thrilled to be able to have him on. He's extremely well-liked, not only by his fans, but within the musician community. We talked a lot about that a little earlier with Deborah on how important it is to follow musicians that musicians like, and here's one of them right here, Ron Pope, very, very talented individual. So thanks, Ron, for coming on. Glad
4: glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, you're getting ready to head out on your European tour, you have a lot of fans in the UK. Uh,
4: that is true. Uh, we're going to uh, England and Scotland and Ireland and uh, like around the continent a bunch. We're going to go to Sweden and Norway and uh, Germany and Holland, like a whole, whole bunch of places. And then I'm going to come back over here and do a bunch of shows in the States and then I'll go back to play a festival in Sweden. So it should be, uh, should be an adventure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, I'm How going to Switzerland. I
4: just lied. Oh, Swiss- <laughs> I'm going oh, back to go to Switzerland.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is a great place. Very clean in Switzerland. Very clean.
4: Very clean. That's true.
0: Well, so we were talking to Deborah a little bit um, before about her writing process and how she was listening to your music. Um, The fans really, really like you. So when you were approached by her and then found out all about this writing and incorporating your songs into books and and, and having this full kind of figured um, fan experience, what was your Mm -hmm. thoughts on that?
4: Well, I think it's fun when you can kind of uh – you know, you can incorporate your art and some, you know, into someone else's art, or you know, vice versa. Uh, so it's like it's always flattering to see people dancing to the music because, like, I don't dance, uh, you know. And so uh, it's it's interesting to see people that express themselves through dance, uh, you know, utilizing my music as a part of it. And the same thing is true with uh, with Deborah's writing. I think it's really neat to kind of uh, be a part of someone else's project, and uh, you know, because when you write a song. You know, I, I've always kind of felt like when you write a song, uh, it's yours uh, when you're writing it. But then once you put it out into the world, it's everybody else's, and it doesn't really matter what you think it's about anymore. It's really just about, you know, uh, what everybody else feels like it's about. It, it's theirs. It, you know, each individual person, their interpretation of it is, you know, just as valid as mine once a song is released. So I think uh, it's, it's neat that people will take it and it inspires them to do whatever it is that they want to do. So
0: I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Have you had some of her fans cross over to you and and have conversation or have some type of yeah, feedback? People, people have written me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her
4: fans have, yes, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. You and have a, a new album that... my name. <laughs> what did <laughs> you <laughs> say? <Yeah. laughs> anyway, I have to tell you, Ron, I've been listening to this new album all day long. Oh. It is extreme. My God, it's amazing. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you like it.
0: And, and the name of that album is Calling Off the Dogs. How did you come up with 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 that title for the well, album? Well, um,
4: in the song Silver Spoon, which is on the record, there's um, there's a line that says, uh, "When they're calling off the dogs, and you're sleeping on the lawn." There's uh, the line together, and so um, I uh. Yeah, you know, I, I really liked that line. I, I had a you know I had a bunch of ideas, and it, it, it's tough with a record, you know, because you want it to, like, you don't want it to feel incredibly generic. Like, uh, you know, there's a song on the record called Signs, and at some point I thought, you know, maybe I'll call it Signs because that's you know pretty vague. It could kind of be about anything. But then I kind of took that to be, you know, kind of a negative thing. You know, where it's like if it could be about anything, if any any record could be called Signs, a dance record, a uh, hard rock record, a you know, pop record, a country record, anything could be called that. So I thought, you know, I wanted to pick a line or pick something that felt, you know, unique. Like, I hadn't heard of a record called Calling Off the Dogs, so I thought it would be fun to, you know, pick it. And I really love that song, so it was, you know, fun to fun to pick something from that because it was, in creating that song, that was the first place within, the, you know, I guess within my, you know, kind of the arc of creating this album, that was the place where I realized you know, we're going to do something really different this time. Uh, so I, I definitely, I think that that was one of the reasons why I ended up with that title.
0: We're going to be playing Explain a little later in the show. That one was actually released today. You can buy it on um, on an MP3 download. It was released today. I was trying to download it yesterday, and they're like, you have to wait until the six, And I'm like, when's the 6th? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's tomorrow. And But it also is just a, a beautiful, beautiful song. All of your work, the, the whole body of work is very deep, and it's, very sensitive. There's a lot of layers to it, and like I said, I, I can really understand why musicians appreciate this music. Uh, you're a very good guitar player as, as well as you are a singer and songwriter, and and that appeals not only to the audience who's picking up on that, but also musicians who who have become fans of yours as well.
4: Yeah, that's always that's always fun. I mean, it's one of the things that I really like about kind of you know working in the in the entertainment industry is that. You, you find out that people that you admire, sometimes you find out that they, they, they like your stuff, too. And you're like, huh, well, I'll be, you know, I'll be damned. Like, you know, somebody that I, you know, I would have never expected uh, is listening. And so that's, that's really kind of a, a fun story is, you know, you'll hear, oh, such and such a person who's an actor, or such and such a person who's a musician, they really like your music. And then, you know, it's, it's nice. It's nice to hear that. It's very flattering.
0: Mhm. Well, it's the ultimate compliment in music when other musicians like you because they're they could be a picky bunch. They're they're very critical. So when they like you, yeah. you're in.
4: Yeah, that's always it's good to hear. Always, of course.
0: Hey, I, I want to talk about if if you can take us back through that night on August 10th at Irving Plaza in New York City. Sold out concert. You just come back from Europe. You were debuting the the, the song that we just played. Um I, uh lick my wounds and talked and heard from so many people who said that was a very special and magical night. You live right around the corner so um, it didn't take you long to get home. What was that night like for you and did you feel that it was being as magical as the audience was receiving it?
4: Yeah, I mean, for me, it was really that's a really special thing because uh, for my family, you know, like, uh, like the, the growth that I've experienced in Europe in the last few years has kind of been Like explosive I played my first show In Sweden As a for instance Like uh, just about Two years ago Now And so the first time I went there uh, uh, Was maybe May I guess Of 2012 Uh, And so I went there And I played for 350 people Then the next time I went back And I played for 750 people And the next time I went back I played for like 10,000 people Who were singing along To every song At a festival And in America I mean I've been playing in america for a long time and it's been you know a very it's a it's been a you know slow long cut climb and so my family had seen me play you know five hundred people sold out things like that but never never anything like this so it was cool for them to you know irving plaza is like eleven hundred people maybe so they got to see this big room full of people the people were very excited it was it was a great my grandparents were in town uh so it was cool like uh they you know they were in the balcony and they got to see Like, I think the last time they saw me play was in Miami when I played for, like, you know, 75 people in a bar in a really bad neighborhood. And uh, so (laughs) my grandma came backstage after the show, and she looked at me like, what just happened? Like, just (laughs) wide-eyed, like, you know, because when I, you know, I, I, I called out my grandparents during the show, and they just, you know, they threw a spotlight into the balcony. My grandmother was like, this is a surreal event. What is happening right now? So, uh, so it was fun. I mean, I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, it's nice to show up anywhere that, you know, people are excited about the show and they, you know, want to, they want you know, they get the tickets in advance and they sell the show out in a, you know, that, like, that show sold out over a month in advance. So it was, you know, very special to get to do that, you know, at home in New York. It wasn't, you know, somewhere you know, uh, like in a city that I, I, you know, I had to look up before I went there the first time, you know, it's like I, I used to go to that venue in college like every, I don't know, every couple of weeks. So it was really cool. It was very, very special. I really enjoyed it. It was a, you know, very big night for me.
0: Well, and I'm sure for your family too, because as, as many people know, the family is a big part of this journey as it is for the the artist as well. And they really, like you said, they're there when you know there's nobody showing up but your family, and then they're there when it's a hundred people and maybe 200 people. And then for them to experience, you know, success, they've been on that road through the good times, the bad times, and most importantly, the hard times.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know the guys in Kings of Leon. A number of years ago, I remember them talking about this i don 't know if it was in their documentary or where I saw this, but they were saying, you know like uh, like um talking about kind of how they were much more popular in Europe at the time than they were in America um because they you know they were a band that could sell out arenas in Europe when they were playing you know a thousand cap rooms in America, two thousand cap rooms in America, and so uh they were saying basically like they didn't want it to be that their family. You know could only see their biggest gigs on the computer you know so it was cool to get to to share you know the, the what that feels like with with my family because it's you know it's 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 different it's it really is like obviously you know i i found value in doing this always and played you know when there were seven people coming to see me in a coffee shop or you know twelve people coming to see my band i still was out there playing but it really, it, the whole experience is obviously very, very different when it's, you know, many, many, many people and they're very, very excited and they know all the songs. So, you know, it's cool. It's, it's definitely a, a positive change.
0: <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I can only imagine. Your brother has worked with you too and um, on, on some of your work. So is, is that mm-hmm.
4: a, a normal thing? A, no, a normal thing for us? or a normal thing in in entertainment uh my my brother uh my brother is an incredible filmmaker his name is John Pope and uh so we we did we made a video for one of the songs uh on the Atlanta album together and uh yeah you know, we do stuff together whenever we can it's it's nice to be able to you know have a project that you know brings us together so that we can you know have something to do some you know something to work on Um, Because so much of my time is spent on work Like, um, it's very rare that I'm around This year was kind of an exception to that But I I was thinking about it, and it's like Actually, uh, you know, I I left last year just after Christmas uh, Or 2012, I left America just after Christmas And was gone until April uh, Because I went on tour And then I went to finish writing the album in Paris and then I was in a studio every single day for a couple of weeks, and then I was mixing the album. So basically, I was MIA for like the first six months of this year. And then, you know, I, I just, it's it's interesting, like that for me. This was a you know not such a busy year in, you know, in comparison to you know usually I'm out you know grinding on the road doing you know hundreds of shows. So it, it, it's like it's it was it's nice to be able to find something you know where I can work with my brother because you know that's kind of the the thing I miss um you know the most when I end up having to be away is just you know my family you know you miss uh re- your regular life like the the, the actual the, the actual important things so
3: mhm yeah well so you know
0: cool that's a, oh absolutely it's, it's um because well you know the people in the business are definitely different from from your family, and so it's nice to kind of have that that Unconditional support, even when you're working with them on a business level, I would imagine.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's really, it's really cool. And plus, I mean, if you uh, if you end up, uh, you know, in the middle of a street, you know, uh, tr- you know, having to get pulled apart by two interns with another director, that ruins the shoot. If it's your brother, you shake hands, you get a slice of pizza, and you go back to work. So it's good, uh, you know, it's it's good for conflict resolution as well to have, to have your brother be the director of the videos. Um, you know, so, yeah, so it's cool, I mean, like, I, you know, I like to work with him, I mean, the neat part about my job is that I kind of, you know, I'm at this place where, um, you know, I kind of can do whatever I want, uh, you know, like, I, I think a lot of people, like, historically in the music industry, if you find some success, it's on, you know, the, the you, like, the shoulders of a bunch of people who are helping you, it's not just you know, because your music is good, it's because your music is good, and then you find access to like, uh, you know, a, mu- a major label and the, you know, a big agency that wants to book you and a whole bunch of you know, like a giant publicist that you pay all kinds of money. And my career had kind of happened super organically, and as a result, you know, I own all my music, and we can kind of do whatever we want. Uh, and so it's neat. Like I work with my friends. You know, like, uh, it's like kind of a, in, you know, an ideal situation. Uh, you know, you kind of can't. You kind of can't beat it.
0: Well, I found that when you have success from the beginning more organically, that really translates to long, long-term success with fans who really are in the thick of it, in and out, and day to day, over whatever you do, that they'll stick with you. Tesla is a band like that, and I've, I've had them on in the past, and they had a real organic. Um, and they did a song, "Signs." Speaking of signs that we were talking about um, uh, before, but their their fan base has really stuck with them. They're a really good example of that. And and for you to have this fan base that's grown organically, those are the people. They will be with you 30, 40, 50 years from now.
4: I hope so. You know, that's 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 the idea. I mean, you you know, I think um, you know when you when you look at you know, bands that have an enormous amount of success in a very short period of time, uh, you know, like, uh, I guess, like, the the old model of the music industry is, you know, you take a song and you ride that song incredibly hard until there's nothing left in it, and then, you know, like, no one wants to hear it anymore. You beat it to death. It's like those songs (laughs) that you hear on the radio, you know, and then you walk into a drugstore, and it's on in the drugstore. And you walk outside, and you go into a you know a, a restaurant, and it's playing in there. Like after a while, you want to you know you want your head to ex- is going to explode. It's it's you know frustrating, and so I would say like uh, you know, that's kind of the old model of the industry. And now it's like you know for me uh, because because it's you know happened organically, uh, people find out about my music, and then they can they can you know they share it with their friends. And, you know, because I have, you know, kind of like a a long, you know, fairly expensive catalog, when someone finds me, uh, you know, they can really dig in and spend a lot of time on it. And it's not like, oh, did you hear that single by this, you know, such and such a guy? It's like, people are like, this is an artist that I love. You know, there's a catalog of work, you know, check this out. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, a really neat thing, uh, kind of a, a fun place to be because, uh. people find the music and then uh, streaming services like spotify have been really cool for me like when i go to sweden where spotify is the high you know the most preferred mode of music consumption uh... the you know the fans know all the words to all the songs from any album that i play you know whether it be an old album or a new album uh... because they can listen to you know, they get the whole catalog and they jump in there and they can listen to everything. So I think that's, you know, that's kind of a a fun thing. I think a lot of people kind of bemoan the, you know, it was the same with when CDs went away and people stopped buying CDs and now people are complaining that, you know, uh, fans aren't buying albums uh, and singles anymore and, you know, everything's changing to streaming and everybody's worried. I kind of think it can be, uh, it can be good. It's certainly been really positive for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely has its its pros and its cons. I, I will say that when you you have a organic uprising for artists such as yourself, the fans are more willing to give you the freedom to take artistic turns that maybe you wouldn't mm-hmm. get coming out of that one shot kind of a, a a songwriting radio splash event, um, which I think is is great as an artist.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh cool. that's that's
4: that's uh, UPS just got here by the way so that's why I'm uh, <laughs> I just uh, yeah, I just, UPS, UPS was out I heard, I heard a noise outside and uh, somebody stole my shoes off my doorstep the other day true story so I've been very vigilant re- recently as I've been hearing uh hearing hearing noise like inside of my building somebody somebody came in and stole no my, way. my winter my winter shoes no kidding uh, anyway, wow. so that that wasn't really that wasn't really a story for the interview. It just the shoes? UPS came, and then I I, I felt no like you know,
1: about the shoes. Yeah, yeah, I was. Did they, they refund it? Whoever sent it to you?
4: Um, well, the, sh- the the the, the pa- so yeah, so uh, the the shoes were.
3: Oh my God, that's
4: something. I got a gigantic package too. Wow, UPS. So there was a blizzard here last <laughs> week in New York, and so. Um, I was. I've been ordering all kinds of stuff because I'm. I'm leaving to go on tour. It, it, uh, like I have to go to Europe in just a few days, and so because I have to do press and that kind of stuff, and so uh, I have all kinds of things coming, like t-shirts and sweatshirts and equipment and all kinds of. I, I got a new blender that just came in the mail, and so I just there are. I wish I could take a picture and show you guys. Like there's like five enormous boxes in my house right now. Like one of them. One of them is uh, up to my up to like my belly button. It's
1: enormous. Oh my god. Like, okay, we well, need to take I'm a sorry. picture and put it on Twitter. I, I,
4: Okay, I'm good. Thank you. I've I've derailed the interview. I'm sorry. Uh so no, there's a man. lot of this stuff. That's a lot of Yeah,
3: I yeah, it's crazy.
4: Um yeah, like I needed a new a new pedal board, so I ordered a new pedal board. We're, yeah, you know, because it's crazy like, you know, you, I guess you know, you, I I never really thought about this stuff until I started to be away uh such an enormous percentage of the time, but it's like uh you know, if you want to get like something delivered to you in the in the mail. Well, the only time you can really do that is if you're going to be at home. Like you can't just mm-hmm. like, you know, like I can't, I can't get something delivered to you know uh you know like the address is like tour bus in the middle of Germany. <laughs> like I can't. So I, I, I actually I um I've befriended this really incredibly cool guy named Dean Carnassus, who's a ultra marathon runner who runs... like he ran across America and He's oh really cool. He's written some books. I really I really like him a lot. And so he um he orders uh he orders pizzas while he's running really far. And so he get he'll say like, Meet me on top of such and such a mountain or at the intersection <laughs> of such and such a road and then he'll have them deliver him a pizza. And, so that he can eat a pizza while he's running. Uh so, that's amazing and,
0: I, and and I wanna tell somebody if I run to the top of the mountain there better be a pizza waiting up there for me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. This guy is so interesting. He eats he eats like super healthy all the time, but he can't like you can't get enough calories like on a you know on a trip like that where he's gonna run three hundred miles. You can't get enough calories by eating, you know, right. like nuts and, you know, like berries and stuff. So he ends up eating pizzas. I think it's super interesting. Again, that has <laughs> nothing to totally do with what we're talking about. I just <laughs> I just yeah, I just stepped off the grid. I'm really I stepped <laughs> off the, the the interview reservation. Um so yeah. <laughs> No, that's,
0: that's anyway. It's totally interesting. I think it's so funny that somebody stole your shoes. I mean, you are normal. it, it, it Ron Pope, is normal just like us. People stole, Someone stole yes, my, my shoes. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, and I and, and I was I was stinking mad cause
0: I hope they were just, flamboyant
1: shoes that you can spot if you see somebody walking <laughs> around in Well, I mean, here's the thing. So I.
4: I have really big feet. I wear size 13 shoes. So I was thinking like, and I have, so I have these like big, ugly, they're Uggs, and they're like, they look like they're duck boots on the outside, and then inside they're Uggs, so they're fuzzy, and I got them because, you know, like when your feet are cold, it's, you know, it's miserable, and so I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, you can instantly improve your day by keeping your feet warm, and, and I, I, like, I, I'm trying to find ways to eliminate things to complain about on tour, uh, because, like, so much, so much of the day is, you know, you're like, oh, man, I'm hungry. I don't know where to eat. I'm in a country where I don't understand the language. Or, like, oh, man, like, I can't find a place to get a sandwich here in Ohio or whatever. You know, it's like a lot of, like, you get a lot of, oh, man kind of moments when you're out, out there. Like, being on stage is cool, and the rest of it is kind of, you know, you find challenges every day. So, anyway, I said, well, if I'm not cold, I'll be happier. So I got these shoes, and then somebody stole my damn shoes. <laughs> like, I think there's a song in that somewhere. The, you know, a, there's definitely a country song in there for sure. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: so, yeah. That is funny. That's funny. My my husband just landed in Germany, and he called a little earlier, uh, and and he, he says the same thing. You know, he's he, he has the travel internationally a lot, and, and every time he hits the ground, you know, it's like a holiday somewhere because you, you don't know it's a holiday and, you know, he's like, it's yeah. a holiday I can't even get, like, I mean, weird things happen that you don't even think about here in America. Oh my goodness. Because,
4: because you know what it is, like, everybody thinks that there's, like, like there's a bunch of things that seem like common sense or common knowledge, but they're only common sense or common knowledge because you have the information already. And so, as a, for instance, <laughs> Uh, my friend Zach Berkman and I, we were on tour in Europe one time, and we were going to Oslo in Norway, and I'd never been there before, so we land at the airport, and we, we get in a cab, and cabs there are like, like a, just so insanely, oh my God, I can't believe how overpriced this is, Like where you think the guy is trying to rob you, but it's just how it is, <laughs> you know, one of those kind of things. Like, it makes a New York cab seem like a free ride. That kind of thing. So we get in this cab, and we take we, – for this $200 cab ride, and, and I'm furious about this, of course. And so we, we're so like around this cab ride. We get to where our hotel is supposed to be, and the hotel is on top of some mountain. Uh, I feel like we're talking about mountains a lot. This is an interview about mountains. So, uh, so we get to where our hotel is supposed to be. It's on top of this mountain. Uh, but you can't get up the mountain. All the roads are closed because there's a marathon that runs up the mountain. I think we're, we, this is the second time we talk about running up a mountain, actually. Pizzas.
3: Yeah. But, yes, so, so, but they're, not eating, the they're not eating okay.
4: pizzas. They're eating, like, smoked fish, cause I'm sure, because it's, <laughs> it's Norway. And so, anyway, so we get there, and everybody's, you know, it, there's this marathon. There's none of the roads are open, and the hotel is on the top of the mountain. So we have to go up the mountain. And our show is in, like, two hours, and we're trying to get up this damn mountain. So finally we get up to the top of the mountain through some, like, dirt road, and it's, you know, driving through neighborhoods and cutting through people's yards and stuff. We get there. We get to the hotel, and I was like, um, uh, excuse me, uh, did you know that uh, all these roads would be closed today? And he said, of course, I, I knew. Uh, today's the marathon. I was like, and you didn't think to uh, tell guests that were coming to the hotel you know, that, uh, that, you'd be, you know, that all the roads to get to the hotel would be closed and it would be impossible to get here? And the, the guy at the front desk said, well, of course not. I mean, everybody knows that today's the marathon. And I, was, and I was looking at this guy like, I, I see that this is common knowledge to you. This is common sense to you. Be like, of course, why would you try to drive up here on Saturday? You knew the marathon was coming, but I, I, didn't, I didn't get that information. They didn't tell me that, uh, that there was a marathon in Oslo today. So, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. You, you, encounter, you encounter a lot of those things where you're, where you're like, huh, I just, you know, that I didn't know that. Go figure.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so true. And then, you know, they probably think, these stupid Americans, they come over here, and how could they not know that there's this big marathon, or in my husband's case, how did you not know it wasn't a holiday? I mean, you know, you're so yeah. self-absorbed, yeah. you didn't know it was a holiday. <laughs> yeah, like, of
4: course, of course today is the day that we celebrate the, you know, whatever, like the, the running of the gerbils here in, in Cincinnati. <laughs> like, what is, I mean, we, we do it every year. <laughs> And so – and it's also interesting, like, because, you know, when you go new places, you don't know anything about the place. So I always end up picking wrong. Whatever the thing is to pick, I pick wrong. Like, if there's a – you know, if you want a sandwich and there's three places to get a sandwich in the neighborhood, I definitely, inevitably, will pick the most inferior of the three. I'll end up in a place (laughs) where the food is is just poisonous. I I can't – it's like – uh, it's uh, it's uncanny. It's like if we if I'm gonna get directions to go somewhere, and it's like hmm, we could go left, we could go right. I guess left. Always go right. Always go the other <laughs> way. Whichever way I go, go the other way. So, so it's kind of comical. Like traveling with me is kind of hysterical, because it's just, a, cause it's, just a, it's a comedy of errors. Like I'm 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 a mess. So uh, this. I don't know how we got here. I think the UPS guy might have brought us here. Which,
1: uh, <laughs> I don't even know. I think
0: you need to, have to do a, a tour. Need to have somebody yeah. filming this as you go.
4: Yeah,
3: that's.
0: I, I, it's like,
4: there you go, your brother. But, it, but it's like, like because it's it's funny afterwards, but you know, some percentage of the time, like these things make you cry when they happen. Like, yes. Or at least they make you super angry. You know. Like, you know, you're like, ah, oh, again, with the, you know, you order a sandwich, and you pick the wrong one, and then it has, like, salmon and marscapone on it. You're like, how did this happen to me again?
3: So.
0: <laughs> or you pick left, and think, okay, yeah. this time I'm going to pick right, always yeah. left, until so you go right, and then it's the one time you should have gone left
4: it's it, absolutely whatever the direction is whatever way i go wrong way a hundred percent of the time absolutely without question i'm never walking in the right direction don't follow me it's not worth it uh
1: it's amazing you've traveled the world too i mean
4: yeah we no
1: of we'd be able to travel behind you and you'd know where you're going
4: no no definitely not i'm, I'm super i'm super bad like uh i uh i so i i grew up in atlanta in the suburbs of Atlanta and whenever I go home I'm like, wait, what direction do we get on the highway going? I just like, I'm just not good. I'm just not good at it. I just I can't I can't make uh I can't make myself better at it. And I'm also like uh I, I get bent out of shape like fairly easily, I guess, so it's like <laughs> like you end up I end up at the airport and you know like you know, going through the airport is—you just suffer kind of like indignity after indignity after indignity. You're like, do I really have to take, you know, these three pounds out of my bag? Do I really need to take off my shoes? Like, are you sure you have to touch my left breast to make sure that I can get on the airplane?
3: Like, so
4: I, you know, I've always—I'm like, I'm—I'm very—I'm, uh, yeah. I, It's—I wasn't made to travel as part of my job. Like, I was not built for it, and so it's very funny. Like I encounter a lot of these things um, that I'm like, huh, this is kind of, it's kind of his. Like I could see how this would be funny to anyone watching me do this because it's like, it's like, it's just a comedy of errors. Like, uh, I never, it, I never know how much food to order, and also inevitably make the, the wrong choice. So I either get like a small plate with like a piece of kale in the middle and like a little piece of tofu on top of it. Or, I, like, we were in China, and we ordered, like, we got a, a thing of soup, and it was like a pot, like a giant, like a, like, a, like a gallon of soup, plus I ordered food. So people were looking at, it was just me and my wife, and people were looking at us like, what the hell is wrong with these people? Like, how, what do what you, you do? We got 15 friends coming. Like, we ordered enough soup for, like, a family of eight. <laughs> um, so, that's what my life is like. Now, that's that's like a little glimpse into into like what it's like for me traveling the world. It's it's in, it's incredibly glamorous. I can't find the right sandwich. I'm always lost. Um, you know, you're mad at the my, airport. Yeah, I'm mad at the airport. You know, I'm uh, I'm always looking for for good juice. I can never find good juice. It's just like you know this is like the story this is this is the story of my adventures um, but you know then at the end of the day like, the reason that my job is awesome it's like people don't when you're a musician people don't pay you to play music they pay you to put up with all the rest of the nonsense that you have to put up with so that you can get on stage you know like berlin is really far from here so it's like it's a process to get there so it's like mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, and so is you know so is new orleans it's far and you got to get there and so it's um it's interesting, and I, I really love it. Like it's really, I can't imagine doing anything else. Like I love my job, I love my life. It's, uh, it's definitely an adventure. So you know, you, you can't beat it.
0: We well, make it sound really, really fun. And I, I'm just gonna tell a, a real quick story. When you're talking about, it reminded me of something at the airport uh, a few years ago. We we're taking my 13 year old nephew to the airport. And he was going to I think it was like fan camp or something. We were the whole family kind of went to see him off because, you know, he was like thirteen. And so he puts his bag up and the lady says, Oh, you're way overweight, you're gonna have to take some stuff out. So my brother in law grabs his his little bag and he's like, Oh my gosh, it's heavy, what do you have in here? Weights And so my my nephews kinda of look at him and they start unpacking things and he literally had packed his weights. And so <laughs> that, it was so happy was going to work out his arms while he was at band camp and he had literally packed like all of his weights oh man that's
4: that's really funny oh
1: man and so it was I remember everybody looking
0: at us as we're going through his back shirts and his you know his toiletries and this and then we have like all these weights we just keep taking out and we had to pack them all out to the car it was it was really funny we're telling what people think about I mean you could people watch all day long in the airport, and I bet you'd really have some stories. Because I know what people had to be thinking when they were watching us unpack all those weights out of that kid's bag.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, like that's one of those things where people are like, no, this is a, this is a joke. Like this is a prank someone's playing, right? That's pretty <laughs> funny. Filming oh, it
1: man. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Awesome. I love that.
0: Yeah, like, well, you're, like Deborah, I, I know you, it, you have On what? I, I think definitely
4: Deborah
1: has one. Oh OK, I'm not the only one missing that. Come on, Lori, one more
0: time. Oh, um, I must have some things you want to ask Ron. Um, yes, I actually have
1: one question for Ron. I have a million questions for Ron, but he has other things too. Um, I seem to, as I listened repetitively over and over and over to calling off the dogs today and yesterday, um, it seems like it's a love story from beginning to end, and I've never heard an album like that before. Am I hearing things, or is that how it was laid out?
4: Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's uh, what's it, what would you? It's a concept album, and the the concept is that. Um, where we follow uh, two people uh, from the first moment they see each other. You know, in the first line of Lick My Wounds, which is the first song on the album, is she stumbled in through the exit. So the, the, the instant that two people see each other for the first time, um, all the way through to the
1: last time that they see each other, that's the concept. It's, I think it's um, flawless, very, very cool to all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is going somewhere. You know, it's not just one story at a time it's one big story um, yeah
4: i that you know that was that was the idea it was um it was definitely a process to do that uh you know i i started writing um lap, like i said in the summer of 2012 and i had i had a month off the road so i started writing then and um you know i, I as i started some of the the first couple things i wrote were uh silver spoon and um Blood from a stone, and off your feet, and so that's kind of the the tail end of the of the story. And we you know we did some sessions in in December, and kind of got the the sonic you know thumbprint of the record and figured out what it was going to be like. And so we uh, we we I realized you know we'll, you know th- we we're going to do all these kind of crazy adventurous things with the record you know there's uh, Big orchestral stuff and there's crazy electronic stuff and big rock stuff and it gets intimate it gets big and you know does so much so i kind of was thinking you know i want to tell a story that that does that emotionally too and then uh i had i had come up with parts of lick my wounds we 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 recorded in december but it wasn't finished um and so i was like well this is the beginning of a love story and a lot of this stuff is about the you know transition through the love story to the end so um you know, then as I was writing uh, in Paris in uh, February and March of last year, I started to you know I wrote maybe I don't know 30 more songs or something like that, and you wow. know you know as, and as I was doing it, I was like, oh, you know, I can I can, I can tell this story, and uh, it was fun because you know I think usually when you think of a concept album, you don't think of something where um, someone is you know like I'm kind of like a, most of the time I like to kind of tell you know pretty linear stories. You know, it's like this happens, and then this happens, and that's the, that's the story. Um, even if you don't necessarily get what the story is about, usually you can see, like, there is a story being told inside of my song. And so it was fun to try to do that, um, you know, and make a concept album. Because, like, I know that Dark Side of the Moon is a concept album, and I know what it's about, but I don't really get, like, how each moment of it, you know, tells that story. So it was fun to try to, you know, make a concept album, but make it mine and do it the way that I would do it
1: awesome yeah. when i hear concept album i picture somebody like i don't know playing with a fork and a fan you know like that's what concept means to me and so it's so neat to now know what it actually means which is sad for me but um it's that it you know it really does do something takes the listener to the next level that's very cool
4: yeah, I, you know, I, I, I that's, that, was, that was the goal. I just felt like at this point in my career, you know, I've made a lot of records. And so for me to, you know, for me to, to make, like, I didn't need to make You're the Reason I Come Home part two or Seven English Girls part two or whatever, you know, Atlanta part two. I kind of felt like if I wasn't doing something that was inspiring to me and exciting to me, why would anybody else care about it? Like, how could I ask people to care about it? If I was going to just do the same thing, you know, you know, repeat something that I had done before,
1: so I don't know.
4: I, I thought it would be fun to try, and I'm, I'm really glad it worked out because I really didn't know if it would.
0: So, I think you know. it's super successful. Yeah, we'll see. You know. Well, Ron, we really appreciate you taking all of this time to talk with us. I feel like we really got to know you. I, I know I personally just really feel like that. You know, I just know you. I didn't really know you at all before, and, and now I feel like. <laughs> We're real good friends now,
1: <laughs> well it was so. good it was
4: good hanging i'm glad I'm glad that we all got to jump on here it was a It was a fun interview i'm I'm sorry that uh that i got i got off the grid for a while but' those, uh, I'm the best glad you did it. interviews yeah. those are the That's best, the best part. <laughs> those, yeah, your, those just, are the best uh, you know, interviews
3: yeah, I was uh, uh, interviewing
0: it, in, Billy Gardell from i I was interviewing Billy Gardell from Mike and molly a, a, a few months ago and and he got off like yelling at his kids. Um, during the thing he's like, he's like I'm on the interview you Can't just shut up Until I'm done with you It was People loved oh, it man. I mean they listen to that All the time I'm like Oh my gosh If everybody could do that So the UPS man coming Was like a godsend to me
3: <laughs>
4: That's funny Well I, You know I I, I you know, I should have I should have tipped the guy then Jeez If he made the interview That much better
0: <laughs> well, we, oh. well we want you to take a picture And tweet it out And so then And that way it'll, The whole thing Will come full circle
4: Okay, awesome. Cool. Well, it was really nice talking to you guys. I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: Um well, we're, so. I'm going to play explain as as we go out and, and we and I want to make sure that people go to ronpopemusic.com. They can stay up with you, find out where you're going to be. Obviously, you can really see into Ron's personality. A great, great guy. No wonder so many people love him. Stay up with him on ronpopemusic.com and buy- Huge, huge supporter of purchasing music, buy the music. You see what he has to go through. He had to go all the way up to the top of a mountain just to perform for people. <laughs> buy the music, get him his gas money to get there for pieces. <laughs> so anyway, explain is is out today, and it was 99 cents. People, come on, 99 cents um, yeah, to buy this wonderful body of music. So if you could tell us a little bit about that, and then and then we'll let you open all your boxes.
4: Well. <laughs> explain is a is a part of my new album calling off the dogs which just came out today um and it's early on in the story uh so it's i think uh before you know to me it seems like at least you know something that's uh the like kind of in the calm before the storm you know it's still it's early in the album and where the concept is taking you uh from you know the meeting to falling in love to falling apart, and so uh it's it's about the somewhere towards the beginning, I guess that's you know at least at least to me, but like I said, I kind of feel like the songs are about whatever whatever they feel like for you uh so you know for me uh it, it, the best way to to, to f- figure it out would be to uh spend some time with the whole record, uh, which you can get on iTunes right now, calling off the
3: dog so,
0: <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. And I'm a big um, uh, cheerleader for buying the whole album because, and I'm just going to go on my little rant again. I'm, everybody's heard it. When you buy the whole album, you're getting the whole experience, like what Ron was talking about. And I remember as a child um, and a teenager locking myself in the room, listening to the whole album, because the world didn't understand me. They still don't, <laughs> but I don't have the luxury to lo- lo- uh, lock myself in the room anymore. But anyway, um, when you listen to the album, you discover these other parts of the music, these other songs, and then maybe a week later, a month later, a year later there's songs that become your favorite that maybe you didn't originally buy the album for you still like the original song but there's something else that took on a whole new meaning and that's what you get, that's the depth that you get in your playlist and your experience when you purchase the whole album versus kind of just cherry picking off songs so I'm a big, big cheerleader for buying the whole album and just like Deborah said, she's been listening to it all day it was great, Ron just set the whole thing up for you and you get the whole experience when when you purchase the, the whole album and I really can't stress that and that's how important that is as as a
4: yeah, music I, and I, yeah and i appreciate that you know as a content creator because uh like i said you know this album is a story and so to to really take in the whole story you kind of you have to have the whole record otherwise it's you know you're not getting the the thing that i intended you to get wasn't you know three minutes long it was 47 minutes long and so you know i think uh if you're you know, If you're into it, I would say that that would be the uh, that would be the way I would go. So yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. my take
1: absolutely. on it as
0: well.
1: Worth mm-hmm. every penny.
0: Very hmm. That's right. Ab- absolutely all right. Well this is explained by Ron Pope. We'll be back in just a moment. Thanks Ron again for coming on.
4: All right, thanks guys. Have a good night. Bye bye.
0: was explained by Ron Pope and Deborah and I just had the most wonderful conversation with Ron Pope. And his personality just really shone through, I think, on that interview. And and I was telling Deborah while we were off air that, you know, I'm just a much bigger fan having known him. And you just couldn't have picked a better person to bring on as as your special guest.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, he's I'm so so glad he was able to make the time and that um he was able to be there because This is who I've been dealing with for years now, Um, just the nicest, genuine guy that's so crazy talented that I really, you know, I will get on a soapbox and just, uh, you know, read uh, read them, listen to them, buy them, and
0: and hear them because the songs are amazing. Well, he's a really good choice to weave even, uh, in and out of your stories. So it's it's so great to, you know, get to know him, get to know you. I, I think if the two of you got together, that would really be explosive. Oh, I'd love
1: to see him live. That's on my bucket list. He's actually playing in D.C., I believe it's in March. And, unfortunately, I can't, I can't know that far in advance where the heck I'm going to be, what I'm doing um, with the kids' schedules and whatnot, but if I'm able to you know, at some point in my crazy life I definitely want to see him live. I know that's gotta be amazing. I know a few of my readers are seeing him live, so it's like they'll they'll tweet me
0: and <laughs> tell me what's going on while they're listening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think that they probably got to know him more today too, and maybe some of those ones with the tattoos will will show up. And then
1: they oh, a bomb yeah, tattoo awesome. and a Pekinski uh-huh. tattoo. I know, and I, know. I think we talked about it we may have been off air when we were talking about tattoos and the fact that i'm to get it and i want to get it on my foot and every time i talk to somebody with a foot tattoo they're like it hurts so much and i have little (laughs) temporary ones that don't hurt at all when i put it on so i keep whistling out and using temporary tattoos
0: well I'll I'll quickly tell you my little tattoo story that I, I touched on a little bit when you know, the girls trip to Vegas, um, and I, I did tell Deborah off air the first time I went to Vegas um, I got pregnant and so my souvenir was a baby um, so I didn't need to do that anymore so so we you know went with the whole uh, tattoo thing so um, every year a bunch of us girls were going now, now the time that I went to and came home with the baby as was with my husband but after good. Um, because obviously he's trouble and I um and we'd always go with a a girl's trip every year so that year we were all going to get a tattoo and so we all you know had a few drinks and we all went down the tattoo parlor and I picked out a really kind of a big tattoo I'm like I'm just going to go big and but a friend of mine went first and she picked out one for her ankle and none of us had tattoos um and Mm -hmm. so we were all kind of holding her hand, There's a bunch of us, like seven of us, and um, she was crying, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, crying, I would never even stepped into the equation, so I went back to the board, and I picked out something smaller, because I don't wanted to do it, because everyone was doing it, but I didn't want the big giant thing like I was really going to go for it, I kind of sobered up really quick. And uh, so she got it on her ankle. So right then I knew I'm like, okay, no, no ankle, no ankle. So of course I got mine where everybody gets theirs so looks like on their hip, you know, type of thing. Which, even yeah. though I had a lot of room there and a lot of cushion, it still hurt. Um, but nonetheless, I still have it. It means absolutely nothing to me other than it's a good story. There's no significance <laughs> to it except to it well, whatsoever. To it on hip and other on than that,
1: I mean, it's, you know, there's there's places, and not that there's anything wrong with a neck tattoo. But if you're gonna make a choice in Vegas, maybe it wouldn't be the neck tattoo right off the bat. Something that you can put in your bathing suit is probably better, right? <laughs> you would to know. think I right.
0: th- thought that maybe having had a baby come out of my Vegas experience, I might have had a child's name tattooed on my body, but no, I wasn't thinking that clearly. I was have thinking oh my gosh. Oh, see, and, and, and these are the things that, that, that you find out after you guys sober up. After. But, um, I, I was Did you a have realist- an epidural when
1: you were having the baby or no epidural?
0: No, no. No, no, I, I didn't. I wanted every drug know. they would give me, but I, I had my baby on a holiday, and there were no doctors to be found because it was a holiday, and they couldn't get anyone to come in, and it was a big, big mess. Anyway, by, by the time oh, somebody God. did come in, I'd gone too far, and I wasn't allowed medicine. But anyway, that is what I, I don't know if anyone has way. Remaxes around them, but, but my, um, my tattoo ended up looking like the Remax balloon, so if you, <laughs> no Remax. All.
1: It looked like a waste. <laughs> that's exactly like what a my hard girlfriend said. Realtor.
0: Once <laughs> it so was realtor. on it's me.
1: Convention.
0: Oh, you got the Remax balloon. I'm like, what? That wasn't what, that looked at all that I was going for. But oh now every gosh, time I look amazing. at it, I have to think of it like that's the, the Remax balloon. So anyway, that's way too much information on me. Oh, I love um, too so. much
1: information. We we also call that blackmail information, but now me and all your <laughs> listeners have it, so I guess that's awesome. <laughs> I have
0: much more. But um but so you have to go get a tattoo and then you have to call us back and then you have to tell us about your experience because now now you oh, have Lord, to get it done by but, but you have, I know, right. Group of thin people don't and, and you mother. have to have don't had a little bit out. to drink. Well,
1: I'm breaking up you're breaking up on me, Lori.
0: When you go on one of those book blog tours with all those book authors
1: where you guys are all so wild. Oh, my gosh. It's a wild. Romance writers are a wild group of women. Holy cow. They are nuts. And some of my friends are the biggest nuts out there, and you'd think I would be the biggest one. They are insane. So much fun. (laughs) What a good crowd.
0: Um, Oh, I've learned. I've learned a lot about them. I seen the
1: pictures but i want to go to one now you should totally go those are so much fun um i didn't even know they existed maybe they came up along with this indie publishing thing um but my first one was in well my very first get together meet and greet was in annapolis last year and we had a ball and i'm doing that again this march march maybe it was last i don't remember march this year 2014 um, we're having a meet and greet in annapolis again and it's just like eating dinner together and having fun and then i'm doing the book bash again in the end of june and then i'm going to the romantic times convention which is like five days of learning slash partying um and that's going to be fun a lot of romance writers there i, I just they, they seem like the most fun ever i mean everybody's so nice and get to talk to other readers about what they're reading. It's really neat. I don't know. I just like write, people that like to read in general are my favorite, I think.
3: Who are some of your favorite authors? Who
1: did I just finish? I just finished reading some Tara Suni. Um, she's written The Training, The Dominant, and The Submissive. I love Rachel Saris. Um, She's an indie author, amazing stuff, Alice Clayton, um, E.L. James, there's a girl coming up soon, her name is Helena Hunting, and I've read all of her stuff, she's exceptional, you'll love her, um, gosh, let me think, there's tons more, um, Nina Vaughn, who has a, sort of a humorous dominant submissive series, um, how to Discipline Your Vampires, adorable. That's a fun one. I just there's omnific. Oh my gosh, my omnific author sisters. They have amazing stories out there. So I read a lot, and I really enjoy. Um, I think my favorite favorite of all times has got to be the Harry Potter series, though, which is embarrassing when you're ready to mow kids over to get the last book. <laughs> but that series <laughs> is incredible.
0: She's, wow. <laughs> Did you read her new book that came out under, you know, the pen name?
1: No, I didn't read that one yet. And I'm, I am not want to say I'm reluctant, but I am a little reluctant. I Maybe I'm in denial. I want her to write another Harry Potter book, which isn't even fair. She should totally write whatever she wants. Um, but, no, I haven't read it yet. And um, hopefully I'll get time in the near future. Did you read it yet or no? Mm-mm, no,
0: but um, I, I I've known a couple people, and well, I've known two, and one was a yay, and one was a nay. So I, you know, right, but. <laughs> It's like going left or going right with Ron Pope. I mean, I I don't know because I i yeah. heard both, so I, I'm I'm not sure. But you know, yes. um, writing and and authors uh, is is a personal preference. You know, some people like to read certain genres that other people don't like to read. And, and and she was way off of what her normal you know Harry Potter thing was. So so that might have been part of it too that they were expecting it to be one way and it was totally one different.
1: One and another completely. Yeah, it's hey, you know, it's the, that's the way. It goes. Nobody can write mm-hmm. something that everybody likes. It just doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And what are I, you reading I, I now? Or you just have a, something on your- I'm
0: reading right now um, two things. I'm reading um, Mr. 365 by um, Ruth Clampett. And I right. had read her first one, Animate Me, which I, I did really like. I really liked that. And then Phenomenal. I... Yeah. This is way out in, in left field, but I'm reading Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. And it was only wow. 99 okay. cents as a, as a down. I know, it's, it's my smart read. In fact, because I don't understand all of the words. So um, well, I can't really, like, breeze through it. But it's really, really, really good. It's, um, oh, cool. it's only 100 pages. So normally 100 pages I could get through really quickly, but because yeah. it's so artfully written, and um, it's a real thinking kind of a book. Uh, it's it's taking. I think I'm on page four, but I do enjoy it.
1: You have to digest it. It's sort of the yeah. It's more of a experience with.
0: Mhm,
1: mhm. It is.
0: But I do feel smarter for having read each page. Hey,
3: what it, it really is
0: a. I mean, it was written in 18 like 55, and so you could see really when you're reading it why it did stand the the the, the test of time on that. But I, I do have a lot of things that I do want to read, and uh, it's just kind of carving out the the time to be able to do Good that. Time. So just yeah. just like everybody else, I guess it is.
1: It's you know you have to make the time to do it, and we all have busy days. It's it's. I think that's one of as a writer biggest compliment anybody could ever give me is that they read the book and made the time to read the book. You can't get time back, you know.
3: Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm.
1: can't once like it's it's something that's given to live in someone else's world in their mind. It's really I think um an immense honor to have a reader read your book and spend the hours it takes to to do
0: that. So yeah,
1: as we all have it's tough to find the hours in the day, that's for sure.
0: But were you always a reader, or did you learn to enjoy reading? Always or was was that naturally. Always.
1: My my mother was huge on taking me, and my sister, to the library. Always we would go. We'd read puppets books. She was always paying late fees because we'd lose the book, and didn't matter. We were going to the library all the time, and I was just I just loved it. I loved to read. I would sit every year in elementary school and read my entire reading anthology. In one go, <laughs> and then I would be like, "All right, we're going back to the story." I didn't read. and I went to Catholic school, and you have to take religion class. So I wound up reading the Bible. I don't know how many times because it was it was there. If it's in front of me, I'm going to read it. And um, and actually, there's parts of the Bible that are very beautiful, um, like love stories, uh, which you'll find if you're stuck in for 12 years in religion class. So I'll read anything. Um, I just like it. It's always been a favorite hobby of mine. Are you with me, Lori? Are you there? I'm here. Are you
3: there? Yeah,
0: here. Yeah, you know, I, I will say that I, too, I'm not a super, like, religious person, but I have read the Bible from start to finish through a version of the Bible that was written in, like, modern-day language, and I will say it actually does make sense <laughs> when you read the whole thing, um, yeah. but, but when I was in church and they were just kind of giving me snippets here and there, um, you know, you kind of got, you know, the, the, the highlights, but, but it really actually is a very good book once you read the whole thing, be, and that probably sounds again. silly, yeah. but, but it really is a great book. It's a, can book be a perspective. super good book.
1: Yeah, it's there's, uh, I think I forget the songs or something. I used to know it all by heart because, again, I was reading it all the time. Um, beautiful poetry in it. It's, it's a very mm-hmm. interesting book. But, you know, I spent, for as much as I read the Bible, I spent a lot of time in detention. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I was, yeah, I got spank, actually spanked by a nun with a paddle and everything. And I was a nice kid, but I was really talkative, so I would talk at the wrong times and get in
0: trouble. But,
1: you got yeah, the I full experience
0: was, then. Oh,
1: I had the full experience. I had the green, yellow, and red plaid oh, plaid dress. Me and my sister both went to Catholic school. Neither of us will ever wear plaid ever, ever again. And then they somehow found orange socks that you have to pull up, bright orange fluorescent colored socks. How that went with the green, I have no idea. Oh, we were so sick of uniforms, so sick of uniforms. We never had to make any fashion decisions either, so <laughs> that was a plus. <laughs>
0: Well, that's great Well, I really appreciate you taking this time Carving this time out of your busy, busy day I I know how busy you are With the launch of this this book That just came out And I know I've watched you on Twitter Everybody's talking to you Everybody wants a piece of your time And so I really appreciate you giving us The time that you've given us today To to meet Ron and and to meet you more And and to talk about these things And it's always, always fun
1: We are having a ball, but I would love to, you know, carve out any time for you, Lori, at any moment, because um, we find out your tattoo stories and the Vegas thing. (laughs) We've got to
0: do like a and uh, boy, we could really, well, that's probably not a good idea. um No, I do
1: think that maybe a drinking show might need to happen down the line. I don't know. We'll
0: have to see. Definitely. Well, you know, I'm I'm always for that. I mean, you know, it's always you know as long as it's afternoon, noon, it's it's totally acceptable it's and perfectly, per- you know, yeah,
1: it's perfectly legal. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I I need to get to those book shows with all those partying and authors and then um, Please. and and then have some private off air stories.
1: And then yes, you can broadcast
0: down the road. Come on my show. I'm going to tell that story. Oh, yeah,
1: we'll definitely do the road show. That will be interesting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. I want to tell everyone they can go to DebraAnastasia.com, and you can find her on Twitter. She's very active there and a fan favorite for sure, for sure, on Twitter and and all across social media. So thanks, Deb, for coming on.
1: Thanks, Lori. Talk to you
0: soon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. That was a great show. It was really fun to talk with both Ron Pope and Deborah Anastasia. Good people, very, very talented, and really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to me on the first day back. For me from a three week vacation, so be sure to share this show with your friends and family and people you don't even like. be sure to send it to those people and support independent artists, support Ron Pope and his music, support Deborah Anastasia and what she's doing and independent artists, even though both of these people are uh, uh deborah's signed and I think Ron is still an independent artist at this point but There's really great music, and there's some great um, going on out there in writing and painting and singing and music, and the the world's just really filled with it. We really want to support that craft. So thanks for joining us today, and you can find this and other shows on northwestprime.com. I'm going to go out with a Ron Pope song. Let's go back and play um, his song that we started out, just in case anybody missed it, was Drop Into This Ocean.
2: don't want to waste the weekend if you don't love me for 10 more hours then it's time to go it's my dream down on the east coast I wonder how you'll keep on. Cause you keep warm. for me to cry it's broken to move on still I can't let you be most nights I hardly sleep don't take what you don't you in been the ocean changing the weather I was praying that you and me might
0: our listeners, our guests, and of course, our sponsor audible.com. We've included an easy one-click link to audible.com where you can just go and browse and check out and see if catching up on your reading is right for you through an audiobook. The first book is free, doesn't cost anything to check it out. So check it out, get back with us, let us know what you think. And be sure to also check out Northwestprime.com for this interview and other great interviews that we've had with numerous celebrities and other entertainers in the past. Thanks and have a great day.